Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing OnboardNWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at OnboardNWA.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. folks and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host Randy Wilburn and I'm excited to be with you today for another episode of the podcast. As always, we're coming to you with the latest and greatest things happening in Northwest Arkansas, specifically as it pertains to everything at the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life here in the Ozarks. And today, we have a special episode with you. I'm sitting here with Charity Jones. Well, technically, I'm not sitting here with her. She is where she is. I am where I am in this age of the pandemic. We are virtual, but we're having a conversation. So Charity Jones is with Tricycle Farms. Uh, It's a local farm here that provides, I'm going to let her tell 
up a little bit about Tricycle Farms. Uh, we connected online, as a lot of people are connecting these days, and uh, we have a mutual friend in Don Bennett, who I had originally talked to about possibly coming on this podcast pre-pandemic. But, you know, once COVID happened, everything hit the fan, and so... Without fail, I was able to finally catch up with somebody over there at uh, Tricycle Farms, and that someone is Charity. So, Charity, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Randy. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you real quickly just tell the I Am a Northwest Arkansas audience a little bit about yourself, but but then tell, you know, tell the superhero origin story of Tricycle Farms and, and the impact that it has made in this area. Okay. Well, I'm also a licensed um, speech language pathologist, and I've practiced in speech therapy for about 10 years. Um, I've also taught at the U of A. I taught for the last three years um, within the Communication Sciences and Disorders Department. And then um, I served as a board member with Tricycle Farms. Um, And even previously before that, I helped run the Pesto Contest each year at the Pesto Fest that we have our annual fundraiser. Um, And then a position came open when the pandemic hit. We had lots of changes at the farm and um, my speech therapy practice also suffered lots of changes with no clients. And so I took a leap of faith and became the director of um, finance and programs here for Tricycle. So I do all the fundraising, um, media, marketing, I track all of our inventory, um, logistics, and things. And then I also help with food recovery. Um, we've, to tell you a little background on the farm, we've got, we're right off of Garland in the middle of Fayetteville. Um, the farm started nine years ago. Don Bennett uh, is the founder. And basically, he took two acres of land behind his house and had the dream of a community garden. And um, he brought that dream to fruition. Um, The mayor, Lionel Jordan, he's actually the one that tilled the garden the first year. So that was really neat. And uh, an interesting fact is that we do have a no-till garden. That was the only time our garden's ever been tilled. We do pulmiculture for the gardens. Um, And then about four, maybe five years ago now, we started with food recovery. Um, So what we do is we go to Whole Foods, Monday through Friday, five days a week. We go every morning and pick up all of their waste. Um, and that's 100% of the store. So not only the food that was going to be thrown away, but also the household household commodities um, and the floral department. So we get lots of flower bouquets, lots of orchids and plants. And um, we take that food. We average about 450 pounds a day. We take that food to food pantries and meal prep programs. Um, We serve Salvation Army, Full Circle Pantry at the U of A, um, St. James Baptist Church Pantry in South Fayetteville, Hillcrest Towers, Fayetteville Housing uh, Authority downtown. We also go to um, Genesis Church Pantry down in South Fayetteville. And then we serve Washington Plaza Pantry over here right off of um, Dean Solomon and then also Life Source International downtown. So we take food to all of those pantries. And then our bulk items, we keep an eye out for bulk items and uh, donate those to Mayday Community Kitchen. They're a meal prep program that's been 
delivering meals. And then uh, every once in a while, we'll get something that we think Mr. Nate Walls over with Second Helping might be interested in. And so we take that over to Nate. Nate's a good friend of ours. We try to help out when we can. Um, So right now through the pandemic, we've just been focusing on distributing food, trying to keep these food pantries full. Um, You know, usually we have about 1,500, 2,000 volunteers a year. Um, MLK Day is usually a big, a big day with two or 300 people coming to the farm and helping prepare for spring and raking leaves or pine needles or whatever it's needed. And we haven't had that opportunity this year. Um, we've really cut back on our volunteers. So our gardens um, are going to take a break probably this year. We might do some herbs, but um, we're really not, just still not ready to have you know, hundreds of people come to the farm. So we're going to continue to focus on food distribution and helping all these pantries. Yeah. So, I mean, would it be an understatement to say that you guys were overwhelmed with the requests for your services during this pandemic? That would not be an understatement. Um, you know, quite frequently people will reach out as individuals, um, And sometimes we do get to help those community members individually, but we've really tried to focus on, you know, the bigger impact picture and uh, keep these food pantries full and send community members there. But in the future, we would like to have an on-site pantry that we could, you know, impact more individuals themselves. Is there space for it at the farm? Um, We're going to have to acquire the funds to renovate the garage. Okay. Okay. So we hope to make the garage um, kind of a walk-up storefront, you know, where you could walk in, do a little pantry shopping, maybe grab a flower bouquet, things like that. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, that 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 sounds really cool. So, I mean, obviously, because everything has changed with the pandemic, and you can't bring in the people to help. Um, how are you kind of stewarding volunteers right now? And when people are reaching out to you virtually to say, hey, we want to help out, uh, we want to figure out a way to give back in this time of need, how, how, how are, what are you telling people to do? Well, I'm, I've been telling them to continue to watch our social media from when we do have a few volunteer positions open um, and to mainly just help spread the word that we need you know, financial support, even sharing our posts on social media is a big help just to get the awareness out there. Um, even though we've been established for nine years and been doing food recovery for almost five, it's amazing how many Fayetteville residents have still never heard of Tricycle Farms. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're everywhere, but I meet people. All the, yeah. <laughs> I still meet people all the time that have never heard of it or they'll say, I've heard of that, but I have no idea, you know, what they do. Yeah. And so just helping spread the word really helps. Word of mouth is very powerful. I'm sure you know. Um, And then we do have a few little volunteer positions that are still running. Um, We have about 20 chicks. Uh, We call them the city chicks, 20 hens. And so we have chicken tenders that come out and help. Um, They let out the chickens in the morning and feed them, feed them in the evening and put them back up. Um, So we have some little things, but not any mass groups, you know, was this Don's original dream to do this just to, I mean, you know, cause I know there's been a lot of talk lately about 
you know, people being more self-sustainable. And, you know, you have, when you go back to the World War II and the Victory Garden, right? And that's mm-hmm. been, there's been a talk, like I know this past summer, a lot of people created Victory Gardens in their own homes. And they said, man, well, this, we don't know when this pandemic's going to end. We need to be as self-sufficient as possible. What was the, really the genesis behind Tricycle and behind Don's effort to do that? Besides the fact that he just had this available land behind Behind his house? Well, you know, he was really looking, he was really moved by the statistics of um, hunger in our community just right here in Fayetteville. I think it's within a four mile radius. Um, now, I hate to quote the statistics because I don't have them right here in front of me, but it was an astronomical number of how many people were food insecure within four miles of the farm. And a lot of those numbers, you know, included children. And so that was very moving um, for Don. And then to talk a little bit about the sustainability portion of your question, um, we have started, we've ground, we've had the groundbreaking for our hydroponic house. Mm. It should be one of the most energy sufficient um, projects or greenhouses in the world. Um, you know, when you have the best thing in the world, it usually only lasts a day before somebody beats you. So (laughs) I'm a little hesitant to say that, but records are meant to be broken. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, And that has what's called a got system G a H T. And it's an underground um, aromatic system to where the pipes all run underground, the inline fans move all the air and it should change the air in the hydro house. Um, by about 20 to 25 degrees. So we're hoping, you know, to only supplement the heat and air just a little bit. And then we can grow herbs year round and sell them. And so we're hoping to become more sustainable through on-site sales. Uh, Yeah. And so we're going to focus on high-end herbs. Um, You know, you can't really get cilantro and Mm -hmm. things like that in the winter. And so hopefully we'll be able to sell local um, herbs throughout the winter and that will be in high demand is what we're hoping. So that's going to help with our sustainability. Um, but yeah, Don saw the, the vision, you know, of teaching people how to farm. He, I think he really, you know, was inspired by the educational aspect of it all, teaching people how to grow their own food. You know, we do grow food and give it away, but that's not sustainable for our populations that are food insecure. You know, it's, like you said, the Victory Gardens, that's the best way to do it is to teach people how to grow their own food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what, um, you know, I, we, we say this word and I've used it a lot, but, but could you define, I mean, in your, your ability, define what foods insecurity is? Cause we hear it ban- bannered about quite a bit. And a lot of people, they, they wonder, well, what does that truly mean? I mean, is that empty cupboards? I mean, what, but what does, if, if, if your definition from as tricycle farm sees it, what is food insecurity? Well, it's more about not knowing where your next meal will come from. Even if you've got the meal on the table, you know, if you're a mother with three kids and you don't know where breakfast is going to come from, you know, that's food insecure. Or even just being okay this week, but not knowing what you're going to do next week. You know, a lot of us live week by week and um, there's a lot of stress involved in not knowing how you're going to feed your family in the following days, even if you have meal on the, you know, meals on the table right then. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's really tough. And I know you, you mentioned a buddy of mine, Nate, earlier from Second Secondhand Smoke and Second Helping NWA. And Nate's an amazing guy. And I think what you guys have done to support his efforts, and he just, you know, I was just talking to him last night, and he just said, you know, I just saw a need out there and I wanted to fill it. And there is a huge need. I've gone out with him <laughs> to pass out um, meals. And, you know, I, there's just something redeeming and just that makes you feel good when you walk up to a housing development and you can hand out five, you know, if you walk to a door and I knocked on one door, this was like right around Christmas. And I think we had like 300 meals with us, but you know, I knocked on the door and I was like, how many meals do you want? And one house, one house said, I want two. The other said, I want seven. And the, the fact that we were, we had them and we were able to give them. And, and it just, um, it brought home to me because I'm not food insecure. That's not my struggle, but I realize that so many people, even people that you may not think are food insecure are. Right. And I think that's the real issue here is that a lot of times we think that food insecurity looks a certain way, but right. food insecurity can be somebody walking around that looks like they have it all together, but they don't. And they're struggling at home when it comes to food and food items. And, you know, there's that stigma of I'm embarrassed to even open my mouth and say to someone, hey, I'm struggling in this area. You know, yeah. because we, we are always looking for that person on the corner with the cardboard sign, but it, right. doesn't, it doesn't always look like that. No, it doesn't. I sent out a survey. Um, oh, back after Thanksgiving, I think. And uh, to the, to the pantry partners. And that was exactly what they indicated is not only have their numbers went up, but they're, you know, the individuals they're serving, it's a whole different clientele that they've never seen before. And, you know, and that's what's great about our food recovery program specifically is that we can take fresh produce. Well, I say fresh. It, you know, it's almost expired, but it's still edible. Some of it, you can't even tell why they get rid of it. so much waste anyway. I mean. Oh, well, and sometimes, you know, they're just needing to change out a display. The stuff is, you know, perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, Or maybe the box was damaged and they're going to get rid of the whole thing, you know. Um. So anyway, that's the difference between us is that we can take things from Whole Foods. You know, we take the ready-made meals, the snap meals that I eat all the time. I mean, they're great. You just pop them in the microwave. Um, but it's different than canned goods and macro boxed macaroni. And, you know, those sustainable foods like a can of tuna, that's great if you don't have a kitchen to cook in. You know, that's, that's very useful. But if you're able to cook a full meal at home for your whole family, you know, you want more than just canned food and boxed macaroni. And so it's nice that we can offer some foods for these pantries that are different than, you know, what they're usually seeing. Yeah. And we've heard, and I know that we've heard from full circle that, um, that they have a whole different, well, I shouldn't say a whole different, but they see a different clientele on our food recovery days when we're dropping off because, you know, people want good food. They don't want to just eat canned food and they don't want to just eat stuff to take the hunger away. They want to eat something good like the rest of us do, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was, I mean, when I, when I volunteered at, uh, uh, uh St. James, uh, missionary Baptist church, cause they have an amazing food pantry and we'll make sure that we put a link on the show notes for all of the different food pantries and link directly to your website, because I'm sure you update that on a regular basis as people make things available so that people know where to go to find this, um, find, find these options. But I was blown away 
at all the food that was donated. I mean, some of it came from Walmart, some came from mm-hmm. Sam's, some came from you guys. And I remember that's where I met Don physically at St. James uh, when I was doing something. Big shout out to the downtown Fayetteville Rotary for for volunteering time, which they still do on a fairly regular basis. But uh, And that's something that people can do to help out. You can go to one of these food pantries and socially distant uh, volunteer your time and efforts to you know make sure that when the food comes in when the items come in that they can be redistributed as quickly as possible because like you said some things have a very short shelf life and you want to get them into the hands of the end user or in this case the end eater as quickly as possible yes you're absolutely right we ask um that all of our pantries try to distribute the food that we donate within 24 hours yeah so that the shelf life that's left is hopefully in the home and not sitting in the pantry. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, St. James. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, St. James is doing some amazing work. Um, did you volunteer at their new location or the where they've relocated the pantry or was it over here by Leverett? It was wherever the church is. So behind the church, have they relocated it since then? This was probably like June and July was the last time I did the pantry with them. But they've been since then. I don't know that that they've moved or maybe they have. Well, they were originally um, at their church on North and Leverett. Yes, that's that's where we were. That's where you were. No, they've moved down. They had an old church location that wasn't in use. And uh, it is over by Willow Heights. It's across from Willow Heights in South Fayetteville. Okay. So their pantry is now over there. And uh, it's much bigger. It's huge. Oh, good, good. And then they've opened, they have a community center. Well, it was the congregational room upstairs that was, you know, quite large. And they've um, turned that into kind of a community room. Mm-hmm. We donated, you know, Whole Foods doesn't have their bar area anymore for people to sit. And so if Whole Foods donated all of that furniture to us and, you know, we don't need it. And so we took it all to St. James and they've turned that into a warming center for Salvation Army. Oh, okay. So when it's really cold, um, you know, if you don't have anywhere to go, then you can go hang out at St. James at that warming center because I believe Salvation Army Army only opens at night. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's huge um, to have. So uh, definitely recommend people to do that because it is uh, at the time of recording this, it is a little cold in the uh, late afternoon, early evening. And so, you know, yeah. anything to take a little bit of that chill off. Although, as I say, somebody coming from Boston to, to live here six years ago. Cold is the cold here is different than the cold in Boston. So, you know, oh, it's, all, it's all relative, but, but regardless, cold is cold. And, and certainly we want to encourage people to, uh, make available to themselves or to others that they know may be struggling, uh, these types of locations where they can find respite and, um, you know, kind of pull things together. So, yeah. And Monique, she's just a powerhouse. She is. She really she is. is. You know, she's joined the Fayetteville Housing Authority Board recently. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. So yeah. That's what, really what is Monique's exciting. last name? I believe it's Jones. 
It is Jones. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Monique is great. She, she, um, I brought my sons with me to volunteer and she put them right to work. And, uh, you know, when they, and every time they came in, they were like, we got to go see Miss Monique and, uh, and, and find out what we have to do. So, and I would encourage anyone that has an opportunity to reach out to St. James Missionary Baptist Church to, to volunteer for the food pantry. And, you know, they may not need you every day, but when they do need you, when those trucks come, in you got to stock and and put that stuff away and then get boxes ready for people to come and then they start driving up and again that's rewarding too just seeing the boxes of food going into people's trunks and and just knowing that you know you played a part in in helping to to help people that need help right now so yeah it's very rewarding work and i know that st james is distributing food boxes on tuesdays right now i don't know if right. they have yeah, that was well, the day, day a week, but I know that they do it yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah, and they do a lot. I mean, they they get they reach more than two hundred plus families every Tuesday, which I think is huge. So you know, I mean, I think yeah. every little bit helps. So, so, so tell me, uh, because it's really not a competition. If if somebody's listening to this in Springdale or in Rogers or in Bentonville, are there sister organizations akin to Tricycle that are doing what you guys are doing in those cities? not that i'm aware of okay um not exactly food recovery sure um you know whole foods they um they encourage a food recovery program at every one of their stores okay okay and so we were lucky enough actually that's a it's a pretty interesting story they came out um when that store i don't even think the store was open yet but they were just trying to get to know the area um and be a part of the community. And so the store managers came out to the farm and volunteered in the gardens. Okay. And so, and then um, through garden work, talking out in the playing in the dirt with Don, um, you know, he, they were telling him about this food recovery program and that at their stores, the biggest problem is consistency that they'll have, you know, all kinds of organizations come in. Um, there's a different contact name and number for every organization. They show up at different times And that it's great. It was a great program that they had started, but it was the logistics were awful basically. Yeah. And so that's how it all started. You know, Don said we can be consistent. If you just want to do one person, one contact, we can be there, you know, same time every day. And so um, we've heard from other stores that this is, you know, one of the best programs that they've been associated with that it's really worked out well to just have one, one partner, um, and you know, Rogers and Bittenville, they don't have a whole foods. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if another organization is, you know, working with a different grocer. Now we've reached out to a couple other grocers, um, because every one of our pantries is in, has so much need yeah. that, um, we really wouldn't mind to add another grocer and expand our food recovery program. Um, you know, so we're in talks to do that. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's obviously other local grocery stores like Ozark Natural Foods, Natural Grocers, Harps. Yeah. You know, we have a, a couple of other options, and then of course there's that there's this little company called um, Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so now Walmart does donate a lot to yeah, our no, food day. Yeah. 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 So, so they do. Yeah. But you know, it's it's you'd think that as much time as we've been doing this, that companies would be more aware, but. Um, calling around and asking questions, there's still a lot of he- hesitation on the corporate legal level at giving away, you know, 
food that's almost expired, but still edible. And uh, you really have to educate them that there's the Good Samaritan Act that covers them legally, that once they donate, that that relieves them of all liability. And so... You mean because we're such a litigious society that, that yeah. people are worried about getting sued? <laughs> yeah, that they'd rather throw away good food than right. deal with the legality. So yeah. once you can get past those barriers, <clears throat> you know, the conversation's a lot easier. So I've been putting it out there with the the legal jargon that it's okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is okay. I mean, you know, it, you would think that it would be common sense. I know in Europe they don't they don't have those issues, and they have very strict Good Samaritan laws in place, so that you know people can. When I lived over in Germany, I remember the you know the baker they would give everything away at the either at the end of the day or like the next morning. All the old stuff would be given away, and they it was just just a common thing. Nobody was sitting around saying, oh, if I get sick off this croissant, I'm going to sue you. Just a different thing. And I realize croissants come from France. Just I was just <laughs> making an example. So please. I was going to call you out. Yeah, nobody sent me any messages about that. So anyway, um, but yeah, no, I mean, that, I think that's, uh, I mean, I think what you guys are doing is important. And uh, I'm glad that we're, we're having kind of a chance to to share your story. Uh, is there anything else that you, you think is, is important to know right now? Because sometime down the road, when we get back to some normalcy, I want to come do uh, an episode at the farm and kind of go through all the cool things that you're doing. Cause I got some feedback the other day. I actually did a behind the scenes tour of the new uh, public library extension and it was just phenomenal and just kind of, I really enjoyed the walking and talking piece of it. So I'd love to kind of like walk with you and Don through the farm. And I know it's not that big, but just to kind of talk about the sights and the sounds and, and, you know, capture it from that perspective. So we'll have to come back and do a part two, but is, yeah. there, is there anything that you would want the listening audience of I am Northwest Arkansas to know about tricycle farms that would be important now and later? Um, well, I guess the most important thing is that we just need support. Yeah. Um, you know, we usually have Pesto Fest, and um, that's our largest. How much do you normally raise with Pesto Fest? Um, about twenty five, thirty thousand dollars. Okay. So we've definitely missed out on that this year. Yeah. Um, and to just keep, you know, really, what I would like to say to everyone is figure out how to get involved with your community, even if it's not here. Um, like you said, it just makes you feel good to do to help others and. Um, there's so many opportunities and so many people needing help, you know, helping Nate or Mayday Community Kitchen, um, any of the partners really, or here at Tricycle, but um, just to encourage everyone to really get involved. Yeah. No, there's I so think that's, that's it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to really um, impress upon my listeners of I am Northwest Arkansas. Please, if you see any posts from Tricycle Farms, please share them far and wide. Um, if you see calls to for support or they're they're raising money for something, this is good soil. I always talk about you know there are there's good soil and there's bad soil. This is good soil to sow into. So I really want to encourage you to you know and if you're in a position to put your money where your mouth is and and help out organizations like Tricycle that are really you know carrying the yeoman's task in our community to make sure that people go. Um, 
uh, they don't, they, you don't struggle with lack. And, and so I really want to encourage that and, um, encourage everyone that's listening to this to both share this episode and encourage others to be a part of what Tricycle is doing. So. Well, thank you, Randy. And one more little plug, if anyone's um, interested in doing a food drive, we did a food drive with KUAF throughout the month of December and uh, picked up almost a ton of food, one ton. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah. So if any, and we've done another one with um, the new school here in Fayetteville, and then we did one with a preschool in Bentonville. And, um, you know, we've kind of become a distribution company. We pick up and we deliver. So Um, if anybody wants to do a food drive at their business or organization, you know, we don't mind picking it up and deliver it to the pantries that we're already going to. Um, yeah. I love that. Okay. That's a good one. Maybe I was going to think, but I don't have a physical location right now. So, but we're working on that. Anybody listening to this has a, a an, an office space with a setup for a small studio. Let us know. Cause I am Northwest Arkansas is looking to expand. And if we do that, we would love to do a food drive. Cause I, of course my wife would kill me if I store anything <laughs> at my house. So that, that goes without saying, but man, I, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing and giving us a little glimpse behind the curtain at Tricycle Farms. And I, I just want to wish you and Don nothing but continued success. And, and uh, we really appreciate what you're doing because you are making a difference. And I know some days when you get up and you look out and you're like, man, I'd rather just get back under the covers. We appreciate <laughs> the fact that you're getting up and doing this every day, that wash, rinse, repeat mindset. So thank you so much for all that you do. Well, we enjoy doing it. No problem. But yes, the the cold and snowy days, it is hard to get out there and load that trailer, but we do it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, like I said, uh, if there's anything I can do for you guys, please let me know. We'll continue to press uh, press uh, your information out there and share it with the world. And uh, thank you so much, um, Charity, for coming on the podcast and for just sharing um, the, the story of Tricycle Farms. Well, thank you so much for giving me a platform and inviting me to come on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will do a part two coming soon. Just stay tuned. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I hope you guys liked that. I really enjoyed just sitting down with Charity and and learning more about Tricycle Farms. And I've kind of worked with them uh, in the past. And so I think this is, uh, this is a great organization. If you can support them in any way, shape, or form, whether it's donating something, donating your time when it's possible, donating uh, money, obviously, if you can do that, or or anything else that can help this organization continue to grow, uh, please feel free to do that. And and real quickly, I didn't get that, but what is the website? Um, www.tricyclefarms.org. Right. And all of that will be in the show notes, as well as information about the sponsors for this podcast. And uh, we really appreciate you guys. Remember, uh, our podcast comes out every Monday, so you can... um, you can you can listen to the podcast and and learn something new about Northwest Arkansas. If you're not from here and you're moving here, you definitely should listen to listen to and subscribe to the podcast because you gain insight that you won't get from any other book or anything else about what makes this area great. And remember, you can sign up for us wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's all I have for you guys this week. I will see you soon. 
peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.